Welcome to a very special episode of what I'm calling Friends of Leading Ladies of Corpus Christi, which is going to be a series I do hopefully quarterly where I bring on individuals who don't necessarily fall into the common uh, guest niche that I have on the podcast. So I'm sitting across from the owner and creator of Rusty Nail Leather, Vinny Arujo. We're going to go with Arajo. Arajo. Very, very universal (laughs) language here. I tried, and he was like, just go with the the simple, simple way, but okay. Uh, Vinny, thank you so much for coming to my house. I know you worked today, and you drove all the way over here, and I'm going to make you take a shot with me because I haven't done it in a while, so. Oh, it's my pleasure. Cheers to Vinny. Yeah. Yes. I'm seeing the angels now. Absolutely. What do you think? Pretty good, right? Yes, definitely. I know. I didn't even offer you a lime or anything. I don't take it with lime. No. I mean, I drink coffee black. I'm not going to take a tequila with lime, you know? (laughs) I feel you. Yeah, so uh, Vinny's the first guest that I got to make a pot of coffee for. I struggled with it a little bit because I don't drink coffee anymore, but an we made man. it happen. Right, yeah. And, and anybody who's known me for any X amount of time knows I drink an afternoon cup of coffee because I'm literally 80 years old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know a lot of people drink coffee. It's kind of like a comfort thing for them or like a relaxing thing. Um, it's It kind of just keeps me going. It might be a comfort thing. Hmm. I'm well, thinking. There will be times where I just go without coffee for a while and nothing really happens. And then I'll get in a little mood. And usually someone I know is like, I think you need a cup of coffee. <laughs> and so I'll start drinking <laughs> coffee again, you know. Is it for the caffeine? Like, does it pep you up? <sighs> That's the thing. Coffee, I mean, only a black eye where it's two shots of espresso in a large cup of coffee. That will pep me up. Yeah. Pretty good, but not super sustained. Just regular black coffee just kind of gets me to the normal level of any, you know. I feel you. So. Yeah, I had to stop drinking coffee because the caffeine, I think I'm just uber sensitive to caffeine, so I would be up and I just wouldn't be sleeping well. So I switched to tea, and I'm enjoying it so far. Tea is tea is good. Yeah. Also, tea is very beneficial for you. I wish I drank more tea. Yeah, well, now is your chance, now that we're talking about it. Now I could drink tea and coffee, so. Yes, so Rusty Nail Leather, first and foremost, the name. It's so good, and I know uh, Savannah Garza made your your logo, which oh, is incredible. Yes. yes. And so what was the mindset behind it? Like, how did you decide to to call it Rusty Nail, and how did you come up with the logo design? Um, so Rusty Nail Leather, yeah, uh, it's just... I'm kind of a simple guy, you know, and a lot of my work that have been, uh, I feel awkward just staring at at your table. I keep staring at your table right there. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll just look at you while I talk. I mean, whatever you want. I mean, sometimes I look away from people if I'm trying to think, you know, or find the word. I look away. No, I'll I'll definitely just stare at you now. (laughs) Uh, Rest and all other, uh, I knew exactly what I wanted to do when I came out with it. So you, uh, I drew a bunch of different logos and the tooth, you know, really just stuck out to me. Uh, I'm a very sentimental person. And so teeth is a very personal thing. You know, we all, we all get a set, Mm -hmm. you know, if they fall out, you could put a fake one. You could put a gold one if you want, you know, you could put a grill, all these things alter our natural state, you know, Mm -hmm. and it all makes it personal for each individual. So it's a very, personal you know it's and they're all not they're all different you know my teeth aren't going to be the same as your teeth or the guy down the street you know that's why we do those little bite tests and things like that 
So it's very individualistic, you know. I love that. So that's 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 the whole concept behind the actual tooth. It's just very individualistic. Making leather, I do it all handmade. So every product, even if it's the same design, is going to be a little different. A little mm-hmm. bit bigger, a little smaller. Maybe this rivets a little, you know, uh, not pointing 90 degrees, just m- maybe like a 89 degree, you know. But it's all very similar but individual, you know, and that kind of – to me, adds to the character of my business, to, sure. to me and to the products, you know, and it's, uh, someone can compare two wallets that I made and, you know, th- this one has, uh, you know, some characteristics that this other one doesn't have and that's kind of the fun thing about leather and being handmade, you know, just having those little, you know, keepsakes and just kind of... So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, your pieces, I think, are really... Uh, distinct and that I can tell when you made it. Um, there's just something about the way the leather is dyed and the, st- <laughs> the uh, of course, like the, the print on there, like the stamp print. And of course the, the logo, I, uh, I, I think that's hard to do. I think it's hard to make it to where someone can just look at it and on site know, oh, that, that's a rusty nail leather piece. And I think you've achieved hmm. that. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, one thing about me is I don't really spend a lot of time on social media, so mm-hmm. I'm not very swayed in any kind of way to make my products look like a certain, I guess, fit some kind of aesthetic. So I literally just make it the way that I would use it. Er- everything that I've ever made, purse, you know, bracelets, anything I've ever made, it's like I would wear that. Mm-hmm. If it's unisex for male or for women, I would still wear it. So I think that's really smart because you are staying true to your vision right and and, uh avoiding outside influence which is almost impossible to do nowadays because the majority of us not you are so engrossed in social media oh i mean i'm i still get influenced i'm not totally you know absent from it but i i really i mean i i have a timer on instagram for 10 minutes and rarely do i ever let that timer go a day so yes (laughs) and facebook i have the app i don't if you send me messages on Facebook and I don't respond for a while, I am so sorry because it's there. <laughs> I don't check it very often. No, I really, really appreciate that because there actually was a moment yesterday where I was, I, you know, that you see the memes. Well, there's truth here. Get on Instagram, scroll, get out, immediately get back on Instagram. What mm. the fuck am I doing? Uh, it's Why? It's just they've monetized our eyes. You know, they draw us in, they sell it to us and... It's, I could talk about that for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, you know, Same. About, I mean, you know, the hey. dopamine releases and, you know, people, yes. people feeling more at home on their phone than being outdoors Absolutely. and meeting people and the relationship. I, 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 I can talk about hours and hours and I've actually studied it for, you know, for a bit, you know, just going through different studies and statistics and things mm. and the phone is the devil. Uh, yeah. It, it's really one of those double edged sword things. I love being able to communicate with people pretty immediately, but we'll see where do we draw e- the line? Even that is kind of a drawback. I mean, let's take it back to before cell phones, you know, you went to work, you had a bad day, you know, you felt emotional, you know, you, Took it home, you know, you talked about your worthy spouse, it's over. Mm-hmm. Now, you had a bad moment. Let's say someone cuts you off in line at H-E-B instantly. Text message, text message, text message. Now you're talking about it all day. Now it's hovering around your head. You post oh, on, wow. on social media. Yeah. It is literally with you all day. That is so true. It is a instant emotional response tool. Wow. In- you're instantly. Right. Well, I never thought about it like that, that you're 
Because, you know, I think, okay, yeah, I see people who air out whatever it may be on social media, and, um, okay, cool, they got it off their chest. But you're right, because there's people reacting to it in some kind of way constantly, comments, and then you have to continue to, oh yeah, you know, be, engage in, in that and explain more and, and dump more emotion into it. I mean, second by second, minute by minute, you know. Yeah. We're not saying hour or day. No, we're saying minute by minute. We're, you know, oh, this person feels this. Oh, you know, it's it's an instant emotional for you sure. know gratification that you get it's it's it it's all so all weird. that's relatively new you mm-hmm. know no one's really studied that you know <laughs> you know or oh i feel bad let me go talk to somebody about that is that that's you know, yes. that, that's a new concept you know yes we, we're usually you know if you have a day job you go to work and you usually don't want to talk about emotions there you know so but you can now through your phone and so you're living split you know your time at work is not being split between what you're really feeling and then what you're showing your it like I, I could talk about it all day for sure i no, could probably this just is like right yeah. up my alley like, <laughs> like I, I love this kind of stuff and i'm so interested because i think a lot of business owners especially entrepreneurs i mean artisans you know almost see social media as like a necessary evil right because it's like you probably generate a lot of business and interaction for your business through social media and like how do you feel about that it's all and I do understand that concept of it because, you know, you can reach someone out in Minnesota, you know, and I've, I've made wallets for people in California, you know, in Washington state That's cool. and, you know, and, and a belt for this guy. And he wanted a custom, you know, he thought my stuff was the coolest thing, you know, he never seen it before. And, uh, your stuff is super cool. It is. <laughs> I won't say it's a necessary evil. I, I, you know, I, I'll, I don't think I'll ever admit to say the phone is necessary. You know, I, I think it's it's if we have a landline, you know, uh, I think that's good enough. But it definitely helps people grow their business and it allows us to live. Well, I mean, let's let's take a step back. I mean, we're we're living this super fast life. You know, you get up, you know, you go on social media, you post. Oh, I woke up at four forty-five today. You know, and <laughs> got that and, workout in. Yeah, work. You know, if you didn't post it, it doesn't count, right? Yeah. You know, you're posting your meals. You know, we're this super fast lifestyle. You know, mm-hmm. if we all just slowed down and really just hunkered down into our communities, you know, even during COVID and the pandemic and the freeze in Corpus Christi, oh, you know, we, freeze. we, we all, feeling the effects we of that. all took care of each other, you know, mm-hmm. without the phones, with, without all that stuff, you know, you, you went outside, you looked at your neighbor, Hey, you're right. Yeah. Cool. Well, I got water, you know, here's th- this and that, you know, that's a, you know, I remember going up, I lived in Oklahoma for a bit and uh, there'd be blackouts from tornadoes and storms. And the first thing we would do, go outside, everybody's outside on the front door. You got lost power? Yep. You all right? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we got food, water, you know. Have you heard anything about tornadoes? Yes, no. So. That's that's huge. Yeah, because it's forcing you to connect you in know, real life. I remember seeing, you know, oh, I got to charge my phone in my car. You know, it's, it's <laughs> if your phone is your survival tool, then it's going to be a long day, you know? <laughs> well, no, I think that that's very eye-opening. You know, I, I think that should really make people reflect because if ever you've needed to reevaluate how you're approaching things, it's been the past two years, I'd say. Uh, yes, definitely. At, at least. least. Right, right. Yeah. Jeez, that's a, 
No, but I, but I feel this because it doesn't get any more real than this and, and like fully acknowledging that, yeah, social media is fun, but I mean, you, you got to know when to, to realize like, hey, this, it isn't a necessity and you're absolutely right about that. So are you from Corpus? I was born in Corpus. My mom's from Corpus. My dad's from Artesia, New Mexico. Oh, wow. Both little small towns that nobody really goes to. Now I'm just playing Corpus is all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I was born in Corpus and then two weeks later, this was 1991, I was on a plane to Washington State. My dad was in the Navy, so we moved around mm-hmm. pretty much every two years, you mm-hmm. know, so. Uh, but I went to high school in Corpus. Where'd you go? Uh, I say Corpus. I went to Flower Bluff High School. You that know? counts. I mean, it's their own school district, but that's Corpus. Theoretically, you know, it's, it's I, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, Corpus. But it's it's funny, you know, because I only actually lived in the Bluff for about a year. Mm-hmm. And then me and my mom started hop, hopping around, you know. So that was kind of the continuation of moving around about every year, <laughs> which was fun. So how did you settle back into Corpus? I uh, well, I guess the coastal bend because you're in Rockport right now, yeah. Right, right. So I'm I'm living in Rockport, living large, beach life all day, every mm-hmm. day. Yeah, right. With yeah. the beautiful Amanda. Oh yes, Amanda. Yes. How I wonder what she's gonna think when she hears this. Like he's talking about the phone again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she's sick of it. <laughs> no, I think it's. Uh, I I like talking about this kind of stuff because I'm 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 much older than you. Okay, I mean I'm like six years older than you, so it it blows my mind where we are with the phone. But I am still, you know, just as much involved with mine as anyone else. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I lived in Corpus, uh, actually got married in Corpus, moved to Austin, moved back to Corpus, got divorced. And then that's how I kind of came back. But uh, when I was living in Austin, I kind of just like, hey, my friends in Corpus, this and that. And me and Mike's wife kind of just, all right, cool. We'll, we'll move back. And then things didn't work out. And mm-hmm. now I'm here, and I'm with my friends, so it was like win, 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 you know? <laughs> For <So>. sure. <laughs> Badass. So that was a good time, and Corpus, Corpus definitely tries to reel you back about every time you leave, so... It just, it just, uh, you know, with the with the foods and the beach and stuff and the accessibility to fun times is not much you could do wrong in Corpus. I would. That's the perfect way to describe it because if anybody says they miss anything about Corpus, it's always the food and always the beach and always their friends. Right. Uh. So you're right. It doesn't get much better than being down here for sure. <laughs> and I think the craziest per square mile is just, you know, the ratios. Oh, it's, it's getting there, but I, I think we're all right for now, you know, so. Yeah, I don't want us to become too popular. Mm, yeah, I mean, I I mean, from what I see and from what I hear, you know, we're going to have a real large uh, impact of growth whenever that new Harbor Bridge uh, goes up. Because now we'll have you're right uh, international people yep. co- coming down. It'll be an international port. Yep. And the economic, you know, it's going to sky boom. And so the logistic wise and it's going to be like Austin. Everybody's going to be in an apartment now. Ugh, Austin. It, I had such high hopes for Austin. Now I just have no desire. It's fun to visit, but. Austin was, wi- it was, it was wild to live in Austin. It's, uh, I was actually delivering mail when I lived up in Austin. Really? And I. That's important work. The, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. You know, people who, who say is like, we don't need mail. is like, everybody gets mail. Yep. I don't. It's if you live in the U.S., if you have a driver's license, you get mail. Yes. You know, if you don't. That's how the IRS communicates. With you. <laughs> you you definitely need to talk to them, even though you don't want to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, And I don't you know, I gave out a lot of those, you know, certified letters, you know, and it's 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 delivering mail is not an easy job, you know. 
I always described it as pirates, you know. So you'd get there in the morning, you'd load up your truck, you know, you get you get your route. And uh, I was a CCA, so I was kind of a new guy. And, What's a CCA? Uh, city carrier assistant. Got it. So technically, we were assisting the mm-hmm. actual carriers. And so sometimes you'd be, uh, well, not sometimes, you would be on a route, maybe a different route every day, all week. So you would go to a new area of Austin and deliver that. Interesting. And then the next day, you'd go to a new area of Austin and then deliver there. Yeah. And then sometimes they would say, hey, we need a guy. In South Austin, so you go all the way to South Austin and then start delivering there. So you're literally, so you're not really getting any time to become familiar with any particular area because you're just all over. But in reality, you're becoming familiar with all of the areas because you are all over the place and you're looking at addresses and names and businesses. So you're actually becoming more familiar with the area than you were just driving along, you know? So. Yeah, that's true. So how did you like it? Do you think you'd ever go back? To deliver mail or Austin? <laughs> Austin. <laughs> I don't think I... I guess I, both, actually. Would I deliver mail again? Oh, man, you know. And they, that's a lot of pressure. That's a big job. It, it is a huge amount of pressure. And uh, would I do it? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the worst job ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, would I live in Austin again? No. Yeah. I, I No, it's, it's not... I found out real quick that it's just not my style either. Yep. The, you know, just like I was saying, like the social media, the fast, you know, I like going to concerts in Austin, but the, you know, like, oh, let's go, you know, out, you know, consistently from Thursday through Tuesday. Yes. You know, that, 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 <laughs> that type so of true. lifestyle, you know, I didn't really fit. Yeah. But there are a couple cool gyms in Austin, you know, Big Tech's gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really took care of me when I was up there. It's a 24-hour access gym, and they have a bunch of good equipment. And because uh, you're really big on lifting, right? That's like a hobby of yours. Oh, well, more than a hobby. De- uh, it's you know, it, for some people, it's it's kind of maintaining you know health. But for me, it, it kind of keeps me from uh, keeps. We'll just put it this: a man I could tell when I'm not going to the gym and lifting heavy weights. You know, it, it really de-stresses me a mm-hmm. lot. You know, so that's huge because you are doing it for your well-being, which right. to me is why you know people should be doing or having hobbies. Or I don't like calling it a hobby, but you know, like a, something that you incorporate into your life regularly. Right, and it's definitely a healthy lifestyle. And uh, I, I mean, even at there was at one point in my life where I was going to the gym too much because mm-hmm. I didn't have any anything else to do or any other hobbies in which of course too much of anything is turns out to be a bad thing for sure but uh no you know i kind of learned that balance and flow and uh really pushing myself physically is something that i really enjoy doing you know and you know you get through the workout and you get home and you see that you know smoothie on until you make a smoothie you're just there like oh (laughs) am i gonna make it to the bed and i crash on the floor you know, and then the man is like, "Hey, it's 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 late. Let's go to bed." I was like, "Just leave me here." You know? <laughs> that's that's the best feeling, you know, complete exhaustion. Yes, you from, know, from yes, but physical exhaustion because mental exhaustion for me is a total different beast that I just can't. I hate it. Definitely, but physical exhaustion, I love that feeling. Mental exhaustion is just thinking about it is exhausting. Yes, and <laughs> yes, but physical exhaustion. That's I mean to me. To me, everybody should get up and go outside for at least an hour a day. Mm-hmm. You know, if if it's not to, if it's not for your physical health, it's to appreciate life and beauty. You know, uh, inside, you know the the your walls, you know, of your home. Uh, 
there's not much there's 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 plenty of beauty but going outside you see actual life you know you yes. see you feel the wind breeze if this is corpus so there's always wind always you hear the seagulls you know they may not be the best bird to look at <laughs> they may steal your fries oh but golly. but you know sometimes you'll find a zen moment and you know they're 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 just kind of looking around you kind of just feel be in that moment you know and just you know there's plenty of nice trees and not everywhere, but you know, there's nice places to go in Corpus. There's Absolutely. parks, yes. you know, where you can just be outside and just enjoy the sun. You know, I, I, I think we've really learned to not appreciate the outdoors, mm-hmm. and I, I say let's go outside. You know, let's 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 hang out outside. Let's have a picnic. You know, let's barbecue even if you want. You know, but uh, I just being being outside is a big also a big part of my life. Uh, the more time I spend inside, the more time I feel like a caged animal, you know, Absolutely. E- even if it's in my home, you know, it's like, oh, I need to get outside. Uh, I gotta go, you know? Yes. So. No, I, I appreciate that very much because I think, um, you know, as I've gotten older, you know, I re- want to become more mindful and more present. And, you know, anytime you're looking at, at how to do that, one of the first things that's suggested is to always go outside, always immerse yourself in nature, because how can you not just become present when you're there? And I think, like you said, a lot of people forget that because we're so caught up in the fast pace of life now that we don't take a moment to stop. And so what I love about this also is that this is so, like such an integral part of who you are because I read the article that you were featured in in the Ben magazine, right. the artisan article. Right. And that's one of the highlights of what you discuss. And so do you feel like you incorporate that idea into your business in terms of like, you know, getting back to nature as much as possible? Oh, definitely. You know, uh, leather is, you know, a resource that we don't really, or it's, it's one of the oldest crafts, you know, known to men. Yes. You know, we made moccasins and we made, you know, uh, quivers, you know, and all kinds of stuff, you know, gloves and clothes and pants, you know, and uh, it's one of the oldest resources. And there's plenty of, trust me, there's plenty of leather out there, you know, and if we can use leather, real leather, not, you know, stamped leather or fake leather you know Mm. actual real leather you know it would probably things would last longer you know if we're saying hey let's save the world well let's let's change what we're using you know maybe we don't need to buy that ten dollar walmart bag and just buy a fifty dollar one that's gonna last you years you know Uh, fast fashion has kind of taken a big toll on handmade artisans and Mm -hmm. and even you know, jewelry too. You know, you can go to a store and you can find your color of jewel or bracelet that you want. It's like, well, well <laughs> now we're looking like the Hunger Games, you know. It's, yeah. It's it's the future. I get it. But at the same time, if we really want to save, you know, our environment, then we really got to take control of that. That ownership. For sure. So. Yeah. Well, and I like that you pointed out that le- working leather is uh, one of the oldest you know, art forms, you know, it's been around forever. Right. And were you intimidated whenever you first decided, like, I'm going to go into leather? I feel like I would be so intimidated by it. But, I mean, did you have any previous knowledge before diving in, or how did this even come to be? Definitely not. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I was hanging out with Amanda, and we're at her house, and I decided to pick up a little leather kit, you know. and uh, What's a leather kit? So there's different kinds of uh, 
I guess be- beginner kits, and okay. it's like a piece of leather, and we'll say I got a little bifold kit. So it came with all the components to make a small bifold, mm-hmm. and it came with all the thread and the, you know and and everything. And I was like, oh, you know, I'll try this out, and I completed it. And Amanda was, you know, just super taken away like that's really good dude you know what and 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 so i was like okay you know and uh so i started making wallets for my friends and there were some good ones there were some bad ones you know i remember one i made that was just real thick and i gave it to my buddy and I asked him maybe six months after I gave it to him. I was like, "How's that wallet?" He's like, "Man, it's just too thick." I was like, <laughs> "I was like, appreciate your honesty, man. You know yes. that that that's how I grow. You know from <laughs> exactly from failures. And I'm I'm not to say I've ever failed anything. You know, I'm not perfect, but no, it's never been intimidated. Uh, I just picked it up and ran with it. And the more I learned about it, the more I started to fall in love with it. You know, mm-hmm. just then nat- the nature of it. And I worked at restaurants. You know, I, I like to say I've worked at a restaurant, so I serve the cow. You know, I've worked at a slaughterhouse, oh, so I process wow. so I process the cow. Wow. And uh, now I work with leather, so now I, you know, use. Repurposing the cow. Re- repurpose what's left, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really a beautiful thing to see something from life to death mm-hmm. and then continue to live through a product like a purse or wallet or a strap that someone can have and pass on if they want or put in their, you know, it's, it's something that's never going to go away, you know, unless they uh, yes, burn it or yes. destroy it or throw it away. So, yeah, it's leather. True leather is one of the few materials that gets more beautiful with time. Uh, I mean, nothing looks as beautiful as like a pair of like worn in leather boots or, you know, like you said, a wallet or whatever. Right. Uh, it's really interesting. So the term is leather doesn't wear out. Mm-hmm. It wears in, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, you know, you wear it in, you know, it, it starts to form like boots start to form to your feet, you know, and it, you, you could see if you, if these are work boots, cause you know, they'll be real, uh, folded and stuff or if there's like a nice pair of boots, they'll be very smooth, you know, not very many creases, you know, so let leather wears in. And I think that's a very beautiful part of it. You know, it's something that's not going to wear out because I like to, purchase and to sustain myself you know i don't want to be buying something every 10 days because yep and that's kind of a thing I, I found out too you know i make myself wallets because i would go through them too quick you know yeah <laughs> you know i i would go i'm a very rigid person you know i'm i uh, i'm also a mechanic by trade so i'm you know bending down and you know sliding on the floor sliding on you know caliche and on you know pavement so you know i've you know stood up and my pants just have a hole you know yep. just from sliding and stuff and work there goes my wallet you know and stuff like that so i that also helps me you know contribute to helping the environment and just being who i am so of course i didn't know you were a mechanic how did you get into that um Back in the good old days, I had an El Camino, mm-hmm. and so I uh, was like, "Oh, I'll, you know, El Camino's cool." And I was actually going to be just go to school at UTI uh, to be a motorcycle mechanic because I've ridden motorcycles since before I should have probably. Well, I mean, <laughs> I love that my uh, dad, you know, uh, dropped me and my mom off in Corpus, and it was a very sad time in my life. But he came and visited me one time, 
and he left me a motorcycle and he was like here you go holy shit and he, he just took off he literally left me in the neighborhood and he was like all right get home that's the only way that that you're gonna learn oh and, my and so i i fell a couple times and i i finally learned wow. i wow i knew how to drive clutch you know like like a manual yes vehicle i don't and i hate myself to this day for not knowing <laughs> you know that's not an exaggeration and so i kind of learned uh i learned real fast that the road is actually concave you know mm. like towards the end you know t- like especially in the residential areas towards the edge of the sidewalk it, it it's kind of steep you know so i remember the first time i stopped i was too close to the edge and i put my foot down and there was nothing there so i just whoop, just literally just fell on, on my side and of course i get out from under it and send it up real quick and take off you know <laughs> I'm yeah, embarrassed. Saw that right. I'm like mad at my dad. I'm like, what the hell are you doing this for? Oh and then, God, I'd be pissed. And you know that ended up being, you know, the motorcycle is probably like my home. You know where I feel most at home, and uh, it's wow. it's it's really something that's kind of. I actually got like a little chain in a in a infinity sign. You know, for forever. For where is it? Oh. Wow. And like a big piston. I love that. So what kind of bike was it that your dad left you with? Oh, it was an old like 1998. It was like a cross between a cruiser and a street, like when street bikes started coming out. I know some about bikes, so I'm following. So this thing was quad carved. It was, it was 500 CC. This thing would haul ass, you know, I'd go, sorry, Amanda, I'd, I'd go pick up girls and why, you know, like go freaking haul booty and, you know, go around and, you know, and stuff like it was, it was way too much bike for that place in my life mm. and for being that young too oh so. my god that's a hell of a story Vinny. oh yeah holy shit i uh, called it mad max you know because that thing you know some of the pieces were falling off and it was it was a wild bike and it was just a lot of wild time so yeah but i mean it clearly made an impression on you because it kind of you know brought you into like you said being a mechanic by trade I, well maybe not necessarily that but more the el camino or was it like the bike was the start the bike was a start and then i had the el camino and i said well, I was uh, in the military for some time, mm-hmm. and the military wasn't going to pay for my tech school at UTI. So I was they like, weren't. No, I thought the military would. It's a technical school, mm. and they would only. It's really for the universities. There was, just, you know, I'm not sure what the regulations are now, but I was in the National Guard. Uh, you know, so that they wouldn't pay for that. Mm-hmm. I could still get the GI Bill and get, uh, you know, a couple bucks here on the side. But I had talked to a couple guys, and usually what they would do if they went to the tech school, they'd go pay out of pocket and then get, like, a loan reimbursement Got and it. then live off the GI Bill mm-hmm. and then just get a part-time job. I was like, uh. So I ended up going to Delmar, and I got my associates in automotive science. And wow. it's kind of taken off since then. You know, I, I could work on diesels, propane engines, diesel engines. Uh, you know, internal combustion engines. Now I work on heavy equipment, you know, grinders, well, welding machines, you know, it just any, anything that moves, you know, so. That's really cool because uh, I wish so bad that I knew how to work on cars because I, I go to the dealership or wherever I go, the mechanic, and I mean, they could – they could take total advantage of my lack of knowledge, you know, and everybody drives some, some sort of car right? Uh, or utilizes some sort of motorized something at some point. And I wish I better understood it. So the fact that you are actually like certified, you know, this stuff, I, I am in awe of that. It's, it's, it's something, uh, that's cool. It's fun about me. You know, it's, it's, uh, we call the Swiss army knife most of my life. And that's kind of just one of the blades, you know, <laughs> 
Yeah, well, uh. I, I think that that's huge because you have very practical knowledge, right? Like, I went to a four-year college and got a degree. Big fucking deal. Like, I worked for the city, whatever. Like, you have practical knowledge, practical skills. Like, you can help anybody in any situation, you know, concerning, you know, anything mechanical, probably. And that's huge. Probably, maybe, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go with probably, maybe. <laughs> the cars are a pain, you know. Dealership's the devil. Just right next to the oh phone. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I put them in the same category as him in Circle Hill. Oh, don't even. I could talk forever yeah. about fucking dealership and how. Don't oh, even yeah. get me started on them. Ugh. Whatever. It's, it's a lesson learned, I think. Um, so when did you decide to start rusty nail leather as a full-fledged business so i actually was working in corpus i was living in rockport working in corpus at a company as an industrial mechanic work on forklifts you know the whole shebang you know uh rada 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 and i had gone to a confrontation with the gentleman and the management really just didn't pull through you know they threatened my job oh no because someone was threatening to hurt me and it was just a big fallout, and so I ended up leaving. And that next day, Rustin Leather was hitting the streets, you know. So that's that's as uh, you know, trial by fire, you know. But mm-hmm. I did Rustin Leather full time for about eight months, and it was great, you know. And I appreciate wow. Corpus and all support and everybody. And it was a good learning experience. And anybody who's ever done anything by themselves as a business, you know that it's hard, and we appreciate you. Yes. That's a uh, that's incredible. I love that you you made that call, and uh, I mean, were you nervous at all? I mean, did you just hit the ground running? You know, did you have already have an idea of what kind of products you were going to offer at the time, or how how did that happen? Nervous? No, I I don't like to say I don't get nervous because everybody gets nervous. Nervous is what keeps you keeps you going. Yeah. But I definitely uh, just took a full stride and just went at a run you know kind of like the little duck that you wind up and you put the feet down and i'm like wink wink you know <laughs> step by step he's edging towards the end of the table you know that, that was me you know but uh no and i definitely knew exactly what i wanted to do but before because i was kind of you know i was thinking like oh you know i could have a little stand and uh I remember talking to Amanda. I was like, I know exactly how my table is going to be. And this, I mean, this was like in January. And then I ended up leaving. I didn't have my first pop-up till. I mean, yeah, I was going to ask about pop-ups. The middle of the year. And I was like, I know exactly what my, my table is going to be. It's just going to be old bunch of old rusty S-H-I-T, you know. It's like, <laughs> And that's what my table is, you know. I have chain and uh, I like to say everything on my table has a story you know there's chain that i took off a motor and my piston heads i took out an engine and you know electrical boxes that i took down so and then of course all the leather products that i mm-hmm. sweat you know and bled and cursed at and you know sore fingers and cut hands and stuff like that so man everything has a story for sure i mean especially when you're putting your hands on everything every single piece is made by you right that it doesn't get any more personal than that. And that, you know, I think is a nice little full circle moment when you were talking about, you know, how you feel with your logo and the tooth and the individuality and the really personal, you know, touch. 
so were you only thinking that you were going to be making wallets at the time? Because I've seen you make so much more than wallets. <laughs> like, wow. I've, I've never really, I had an old foreman and uh, he passed away, you know, um, Kobe's resting well, but you know, he, uh, he was my one old mechanic for me. He's you know, if someone, someone put it together, we're going to take it apart. You know, ever since then I, Never really was. Uh, do, do we need to go? Yes, I was about to say. Let me let him out real quick. Okay. Yeah, he's like eyeballing me. I'm like, ah, I keep it into. Sorry, Hopi. P crisis averted. Anyway, so your old foreman. Right, yeah. So he's he said, you know, if it's if it can be put together, we we could take it apart. And ever since then, uh, I kind of never really was intimidated by making anything. I'm so jealous of you. You're like, I don't worry about things. I'm I'm not really nervous, and I'm not really intimidated. I'm like, oh. I, I I I'm all of those things. I just I've been in very intimidating, very stressful, very dangerous positions. I mean, under. Uh, two-ton rollers being supported by a makeshift piece of steel. Oh, shit. You know, working under it, changing out of gear. I've done personal security, you know, where you don't know what's going to happen, you know. Mm -hmm. And I've, you know, d did everything in between. And, you know, worked at, you know, wherever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Doing whatever, you know. <laughs> but uh, so it's more of just I've, I've kind of paid that do of anxiousness and nervousness mm -hmm. and you know like i don't know i don't know if i'll make it you know i used to work overhead on overhead cranes and not be tied off because there's nothing to tie off oh to. shit so you're, Are you're you serious you're literally walking down the crane and you gotta leg hug it you know like you're a professional pole dancer and you know you just go at it you know just work and you're working you know 80 feet in, in the air and you gotta turn wrenches and take out the gearbox and go at it so okay that explains a lot right 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 yeah i mean so i guess you knew then like you, it wasn't gonna be just wallets definitely yeah so you know i like to say uh you, we're only limited by your imagination you know i've made kinky stuff i've made personal stuff <laughs> i've made you know anything you want you know people approach me is like can we make this it's like yep and they're like oh <laughs> okay yeah all right cool well and that's you know. something i was gonna say is that your custom creations are just i mean they just don't end like they're i'm like oh here's a new custom here's a new custom here's a custom collar that i made here's a custom belt here's whatever right custom leather straps and rust we kink you know I'm like <laughs> this right. i don't think i've seen anybody do as many custom orders as you have and like the amount of time that they've been around you right. know what i mean right so I guess, you know, my question's always like, okay, like, do you just open up customs and are like, just bring me an idea and I'll make it happen? Is that the process? Uh, usually what happens is that people just approach me and be like, hey, can we do this? And I, it's literally just as simple as that. Can we do this? Yep. All right, cool. Here's what, you my estimate. All right, cool. Money. Mm. <laughs> Leather in hand, you know, and then I'll colors and measurements and whatever else you want. And we're good to go. Yeah, so your pieces are just so, so beautiful. But the one that caught my eye that I knew I had to have, and actually it's in my purse right now, is the jade wallet. <laughs> and that purple. Yeah. It's just the purple is so eye-catching. Mm -hmm. I get caught, I mean, I've been wanting like a wristlet wallet kind of thing forever, and you delivered. And I've had people comment on it all the time. Like, That's <laughs> nice. Where is that from? Uh, but currently your Etsy shop is, is closed temporarily, right? Right. Yeah, tell me about that. So... Man, uh, 
last year. So I started a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was doing leather and then I got a call from a company and I started a full-time job. And Good for you. The, I mean, especially last year, right? Like right. that's almost unheard of. <laughs> and anything's possible, by the way. And uh, <laughs> Damn so, straight. <laughs> And so I started working, and then it was Christmas season, and I overbooked myself. And oh man, I was so fatigued that I—I I mean, I couldn't sit down in a, in a chair at some points of December and January. You know, I couldn't recover from oh fatigue gosh. from work. You know, and it mean it'd be fifty-hour work week, and then going home. You know, go to work at seven to four thirty, then go home about five take like a 30 minute break work till about two wake up in the morning yes oh my god and then just keep going and pumping them out and things like that and uh it really just caught up with me real quick Mm -hmm. so i'm you know i kind of put a little post on there saying i'm just taking a break and i kind of came back and did a couple pop-ups and i wasn't ready you know i was the stress you know it is stressful i've never done it but i can, can just imagine right and Everybody has a cup, you know, there's the cup analogy, you know, and we have a cup for patience and stress and love and things like that, you know, and my cup has, was filled probably, probably still is a little bit, you know, through seven eights filled, you know, but it's just a recovery process and, you know, the overworking mentality, I'll never prescribe anybody to that, you know, we got to take care of ourselves because no one else is going to do it. Exactly. You know, so we got to really... Make sure you're checking in with yourself and uh, take ownership of everything that's going on in our lives because that's the only person who's responsible, really. Yeah, so. I appreciate that because, again, you know, especially being on social media, there's this idea that you have to constantly be hustling and constantly putting out new stuff and right. constantly posting. And it's no, like, n- nobody is being true to themselves in a the creative sense uh, living like that. And you know, we some people may work for themselves, and you know, er, you know, we're all equal. But some people, some people don't make things. You know, it's like a like a service or mm-hmm. you know uh, something like that. You know, but when you're constantly thinking of the next product, yep. you know, while you're working on the product you have right now, and then you're working on customers at the same time, and then you're ordering inventory, and then you know. You got to eat and, you know, you got to take care of yourself. You got to sleep at some point, you know, it's, it's becomes a lot very quick, mm-hmm. you know? So I, uh, and that was kind of the thing. I was real surprised that, uh, that I got so stressed out, you know, cause I was like, Oh, I can do it. You know, uh, you know, I'm good to go, but no, I, I was real strung out. You know, there was a point where I couldn't sleep, you know, where yes. I, I, I would just, so I just lay there at night. Like I just got so much to do or it would be, you know, 3am is like, I got to go to sleep, you know, but I can't cause I just can't put it down. And I remember my last Chris Christmas order and, uh, it was the worst thing and you know it was just everybody's neck and you know it was i don't want to be like that you know mm-hmm. so i'll never prescribe anybody to any kind of working way too much not resting enough you know we, we got to take care of ourselves and see our friends and make sure we're we're all right you know exactly kind of um, kind of detach from yourself and like what does this person look like you know mm-hmm. yeah so 
Yeah, I, I feel that. I mean, I, I keep referencing 2020 and people are probably tired of it, but I think it's so important to discuss, you know, how we're still being affected by it. I mean, the pandemic isn't over, so we're already stressed. Not to mention the fact that you're working a full-time job and running a business and one that is in high demand because, I mean, you're everywhere, right? right? People are obsessed with your stuff. And uh, it's a lot. So, I mean, I know that you said you were surprised that you got kind of stressed out. But honestly, with everything going on and then Christmas season already being stressful as hell for just a regular person. And mm -hmm. then you having to deliver that kind of shit is a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't even remember. I don't. We didn't do anything for Christmas. We literally just sat there and just like. I can't believe it's Christmas. <laughs> we got to work. We, we're working Christmas Eve. Yeah. I mean, both me me and Amanda, we're both working Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. You know, I think we took off. And then like, the next day, we're just back at it working. You yeah. Know? So we're, you know, if you have time to relax and you're just doing nothing, really, really just like, oh, I, you know, don't think like, oh, I'm not doing it. Just. Just relax, you know, mm -hmm. just detach from your ego and from, you know, all these. Ooh, it is the ego. And, 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 and all these, you know, unattainable wanderlust wants, you know, like don't, don't fall. Just be in the moment. Just relax. Be grateful that you're not working, you know, so hard that your fingers can't pull a needle through and your back hurts and you can't lay down and you can't sleep and i'm and i'm grateful for all the support i've ever had but it just of course and that's and i i take ownership because i you know i overloaded my plate and then i learned that lesson the hard way so mm -hmm. no that's okay because now you're wiser for it you know definitely. And, and if you decide to come back you'll come back stronger than ever you know definitely definitely so so what is your favorite piece that you've ever made I saw the purse you made your mom, which was really, really beautiful. Oh, yeah. She's a trip, but she got a purse. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mom. No, Mom. Not, she's not going to listen. It's, it, it's all right. <laughs> I don't, yeah, she'll probably be like, motorcycle, I knew it, Vinny. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember one time on the motorcycle, and my mom, I was following her somewhere, and I used to have a, a sport bike, and I did the Superman to where you're laying on top of the gas tank. Yeah, I know and exactly your feet what that is. are hanging off, and she, and she like swerved and i'm like what the hell so i so i speed up <laughs> go faster faster and we get to where we're going she's like what the hell is like don't worry i was like don't worry about a mom i was like i got in control and but uh as a mom <laughs> i would have reacted the exact same way mm -hmm. thank you very much i understand i understand what was the question oh uh favorite piece that you've made <sighs> all, all most memorable maybe most memorable hmm There's two that come to mind. One was the apron for I made for Lone Star Piecraft. I saw this. Which he made me a pipe, which was amazing, uh, a little tobacco pipe. Uh, if you smoke tobacco or know someone who likes to smoke tobacco or wants to do, I'd reach out to him. And he's real cool because not only does he make the pipes, but he kind of helped me introduce, you know, into the pipe hobby lifestyle, you know, like, cool. you know, this is the wood I use, you know, this is the tobaccos I recommend, you know, this is the videos and stuff like that. So it's, it's not just, here's your product, you know, yeah. he's, he's, he's there to kind of guide, guide you through it. So he's, he's, he's also a real cool guy, mm -hmm. you know, he's just real cool. We, we actually hung out Christmas day and he invited, he uh, invited me over and He's 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 real cool. He has a little shop, and he has a uh, the dude from Seinfeld, the uh, Kramer. No, 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 no. Uh, the dude on, on the couch, like in the underwears. Is that not Kramer? Mm-mm. Then I don't know. He 
not Jerry, not Kramer. Oh, George? George, okay, yeah. Costanza. Costanza, <laughs> yeah, on the couch. And I was like, what's up with that, man? He's like, I was, it, it, it was here and I left it. And I was like, I could dig that. I can dig it. That is great. But I, I made that apron and that kind of pushed me because I designed that whole thing. So I got a big old piece of butch paper and I asked, it was a surprise gift. And so wow. I, I asked his wife, I was like, well, how tall is he? Mm-hmm. And so she told me, and my roommate was the same height. So I kind of cut an apron to my roommate's height, you know, and made straps and everything to, to my roommate. And it fit him, you know, perfect, you know. That's but, cool. But, it, you know, it, it was a long engineering process. The biggest, that's part, that's the biggest piece that, that I've ever done as well. His logo came out real cool. And then I did a little, I guess, like ribbon I'm not sure what to call it. Like uh, they usually like a bandolier style, but he puts uh, tools in there. You know when he makes his uh, his 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 little pipes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that that was real memorable. And then uh, my wallet that I have with me, the eyesore. You know the one. I love that. Okay, yeah, tell yeah, me yeah. more because I wanted to talk about this. So yeah, no, I uh, it had been pretty much the whole time of wrestling leather, and I never really made myself a wallet. <laughs> So I wanted something that was just super crazy off the wall. Well, not crazy off the wall, but just something that, you know, I would like. And mm-hmm. I was thinking eyeballs. I have this thing with eyeballs. I've always drawn them like in high school and, you know, on paintings and stuff and slime and skin and Frankenstein. And, and then, of course, the tooth. So I just translated that. I wanted the whole thing to be textured. So, I mean, here I have it. With yes, me. yes. This is badass. So I, yeah, I, I mean, I wanted every inch of it this to be is stamped and tooled and a lot of character, and I put. And I totally see the Frankenstein influence with the stitching. Right, that right. That is cool, Vinny. You, you open it. I mean, the, okay, this the is inside. super badass. And then it's it's and that. it's it's all of my little symbols. So that's the Unjolly Roger. I have it tattooed on my forearm. It's funny. A lot of old. Uh, ladies yes. are, are laugh at it they're like what is that and I tell them <laughs> and they're like oh that's nice it's like <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean they know the smiley face it's yeah. just like a take on the smiley face right kinda. right this is fucking cool and, holy and shit and so I actually worked on this during the freeze and so you know I you know I I I don't use any power tools or machines on on any any of my leather pieces. So mm-hmm. it was a freeze. We where I was off work. I was like, oh, I'm working my wallet. You know, mm-hmm. all, all I needed was a little bit of water, which which which, uh, which we had. So <laughs> not everybody. Yeah, did, not and I'm a, glad you did. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. So that because you made a post on this, and I thought it was really cool because it started off as a sketch. Right. And. So is that how your process works? Do you just come up with an idea and then you put it on paper first? Like, you know what I mean? How does that work? Because now I've seen the finished product from what you posted on Instagram and I am mad impressed. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I engineer all, all the products, uh, not to discredit any engineering, you know, who does crazy building structures, but no, I would consider it engineering because mm-hmm. I engineer the size, you know, the the pocket size for the cards and, you know, where the pockets are going to be, the thickness of it. So, yeah, it's definitely some engineering. And then, where I'm gonna, you know, where am I going to put it? Is it going to be a right hand or a left hand wallet? You know, things like that. Oh, see, I didn't even consider that a left handed person would need the wallet to be different. That makes perfect right. sense now. So, a lot of left handed people want the cards on the other side. Got it. Right, right, right. So, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, and that's the cool thing about leather. You literally make it to what the person wants. Yeah. You know, uh, I forgot the question. No, that's <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just like I said, I, cause this, I specifically wanted to talk about the eyesore wallet. 
Oh um, yes. Oh yeah. I, I was saying I worked on it during the pandemic, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just something that I made I, just for you. I look at it, and I mean, I had never even made myself a leather belt, and, and I made this, you know. So it was kind of my homage. And this thing, I put about like twenty hours into. And that's another question I have: is how long does it take you to make a piece? I know this one's a little bit more detailed, right? But I mean, on average, how long does it take you to make? I a, mean, like a, a wallet. It really just depends. Like a bifold, probably about ten hours. Wow, one bifold. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. So I gotta get make make the sketch, then I gotta make sure it's gonna fit everything. Mm-hmm. I gotta get the leather, gotta cut it, and size everything up. Then I gotta dye it. Then I gotta trim the edges. Yeah, the dyeing. Oh right. My God. Then I gotta dye it. Make sure the dye is even. Treat the leather. Uh, burnish the edges. Assemble the pockets. You know so. Before I could put this whole flap in, I had to put this pocket in, and mm-hmm. there's actually a hidden pocket on the inside. That's you know? so cool. So you got to put the pockets. You know, it, it's all a bunch of steps. You know, so ten hours, and then you got to do the edging, and then sewing. I do. I sew by hand, so saddle stitch, so it'll last forever. And yes. I mean, it just it just takes time. By the time I look down, it's like, oh man, it's it's been a whole day, a whole day, or or longer. Oh yeah. So is the eyesore wallet the going to be the only one of its kind? If someone else wants one like this, yeah, I'll I'll definitely ma- make it for them. Okay, because I almost feel like there's something kind of cool about you having that and nobody else getting it, you know? Right. No, I mean I'm I'm not definitely you know very stingy or you know if someone else wants one, yeah, cool, yeah, let's get it on. <laughs> Bring it on, brother or sister. <laughs> well, just something about that, I. Uh... I, I get. I think everything about it. I mean, so how are you? How do you feel about how it came out? Oh yeah, I mean, I I, I love it. I love everything about it. I love the. I actually re-sewed the Frankenstein stitch a couple times, and I uh, was you know debating on the on the thread because this is actually like a beat. It, it's a beat red. Yeah, it looks yeah. so good. Yeah, so I uh, no, it came out perfect to me. You know, it's just, this is everything I wanted. And it's perfect. Yeah, this is cool as shit. So I mean, in a so anybody who's not following Rusty Nail Leather, um, what are you, what are you doing? Because you should be. But uh, something else that I thought was really cool that you made was the tomb, uh, like catch all. Right, right. Yeah, and so what was the inspiration behind that? Because I wouldn't even think to after I saw it, I'm like, of course, like yes, <laughs> this is something I need in my house. Uh, it's just I. I just needed, <laughs> I, I was kind of, it was kind of on my way back into making markets and I was kind of thinking of products of like something I can make quick. That's kind of personal or like cool, you know, so mm-hmm. I could do like the edge dying and stuff like that. So I was like, Oh, do a little catch all. And I actually made a couple for myself. So nice. <laughs> and Good. I was, and I was like, Oh yeah, this, I was like, this, this is real cool. It's easy. looks cool. It's fun. You know? So, and, uh, like making little videos with it, as you can tell, I was throwing everything at it. Yeah. So. <laughs> it, was really, it was really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just impressed as hell with how you started your business and then what it's turned into. Cause when did you start it? Last year. Yeah. So <laughs> it's been very, it's been a roadrunner's race, you know? So, but no, here I am and I'm here and chilling and liking it. And like I said, I appreciate everybody's support. I wouldn't be here if no one, if everybody, you know, didn't like it or, you know, things like that. So so what advice would you give to somebody who was considering, you know, potentially working with leather or some other, you know, material that they've never touched, you know, but but they're interested in? Like, what would you tell them? 
don't be scared to mess up. Just do it. And, you know, fear is our biggest enemy when it comes to anything. Thousand percent. And being scared is kind of a byproduct of fear, you know. Mm -hmm. Just it may not be good the first time. I got plenty of products at the house that you know, we'll never see the, the light of day, you know. And I uh, will just say, just don't be afraid. Just go at it. And I, and I know a lot of people, you know, say, oh, it's not that easy, you know. But, you know, take – it's not just don't be afraid. Take ownership of that fear. Why? Why are you so afraid, you know? That's good. You know, take take ownership of your fear. Like, are you scared to fail? Mm -hmm. You know, well, if you never tried, then technically you already failed. Mm -hmm. You know, are you scared of what someone else is going to say? Why? You know, are you doing this for them? Or are you doing this for you? You know, so just take just take complete ownership, extreme ownership, we'll say. <laughs> oh, well, I appreciate that because, you know, that that's taking it a step further and really making people reflect on the why or why not. Right. Um, you know, that define their actions. So that's huge you right. know because i don't think a lot of people want to go there a, a lot of people are scared <laughs> oh here it is scared again. Here to it go is again. there and i mean i've messed up a lot and i'm not a perfect person but i'm also not afraid to just try something you know like when i i started this medieval combat you know yes thing, this and that was crazy man so for people who don't know what medieval combat is can you please tell us so it started in Europe. is It's called Buhurt, you know, B-U-H-U-R-T. And uh, it was kind of when kings of different kingdoms would come and they'd get, you know, like uh, their best knight, you know, in shining armor, and they'd kind of have them duel off, you know. Not to the death, but just kind of like a show of power, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, now it's been very modernized, and it's about 80 pounds worth of armor, uh, padded, you know, cloth armor and then steel armor. And then a steel weapon and you there's different types of we'll say bouts and you go fight a dude you know you're it's, <laughs> <laughs> or or ladies do it as well you know there's there's whole women's leagues and stuff like that so let you know ladies do it too and i don't know i mean watching the guys fight is crazy but you know i just like in and like in like any combat sport, I always love watching the woman fight because it's just just different. It's mm -hmm. it's so personal, you mm -hmm. know. It's so like, oh, you know, you know, you know. I see you beating my friend and this other one. Man, there was this. I went up to uh, Houston to go watch uh, the San Jacinto Knights fight, and uh, there was these girls fighting, and there was this one that was she, she was pretty new. And uh, she was trying her hardest, trying her hardest. And, you know, she just, you could tell she just ha had enough. And she just charged this other knight. And the knight kind of deflected her and pushed her through the fence. Boo, you know? Wow. And, uh, but the girl who went through the fence didn't fall down. So she kind of, you know, regained her consciousness, turned around, and started going at her. I was like, oh, dude, it's on. <laughs> it is on, you know? Wow, that sounds intense. Oh, yeah. it's It's probably, it's probably more intimidating to me than working on a crane mm -hmm. not not being tied off you know wow so i mean think about it so you're wearing you know we'll say 85 to 90 pounds of, of armor your vision is maybe about you know an inch by six so your your whole peripheral vision's gone it's, oh, it's, it's i didn't even consider that it's hard to breathe because you're wearing a full face helmet mm-hmm your mobility, your arm and leg mobility is limited because now you have armor that's strapped to you and you look down and you have a shield in one hand and a sword in the other hand. 
and you look up and there's a dude on the other side with a seal and a sword and, wow. and they say all right go and you're just like all right we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna fight now we're, doing this. we're gonna <laughs> yeah my dog is tripping in the backyard uh wow but i mean for you to say like a you know that that is more intimidating but then you explain why and like i totally get that because things you think your body can do you know, under normal circumstances, like you hope it can still do that but <laughs> with 80 pounds of armor and whatever on. I don't know. That's intense. Right. Yeah. It's very intimidating. And, you know, I've been talking to guys and they say like the, you know, that they'll have a full day of fighting. And that first fight is just always, you know, they always got to shake, you know, the, the, the rust off because it's sure. just, it's just like, ah, oh, you know, just a little bit of anxiety or something, you know, that, and you can't, I mean, there's, there's no, no really giving up. I mean, you, I mean, you got to, that's like direct confrontation. Mm-hmm. Just like any kind of boxing or anything like that. But also, it's a lot safer than, we'll say, boxing and kickboxing uh, because you're wearing protective armor and it's very well uh, constructed to mm-hmm. lessen impact. So you're not getting directly punched on the face. Yeah, you know, you're you're taking a blow, but it's not on your face. So it's, it's, it's different, you yeah, know. Yeah, for sure. A lot more... I feel like the people who are involved in the sport, it's a lot, it's a bigger variety of people mm-hmm. versus someone who's in boxing is maybe like a smaller, you know, group, you know, so. That is so interesting. And you said that you were interested in starting something down here, right? Right. So I'm looking to find some guys in the South Texas area, Corpus Christi area, and uh, just to kind of get it going. And because the closest team is in Houston right now. So I've been driving up to Houston and, and talking to those guys and training with those guys but if we can start a team in corpus i mean we can go up and you know rock those guys worlds up in his and <laughs> let's get it on i love it i love it so if anybody wants to be keeping an eye on what you're up to and um when maybe you start making leather stuff again and also you're lifting and this new medieval battling where do they go Best place, Instagram, at Rust and All Leather. Very good. And on Facebook, I may not reply, but I'm on Facebook <laughs> at Rust and All Leather as well. And that's probably the best places. And right now I've been kind of distant from, the, you know, like I said, I've been barely on my phone, maybe about 10 minutes. And it really, you know, feels very liberating. You know, I've been delving more into books and, you know, knowledge, you know, we, we all get 24 hours in a day, you know, and we, what we do with it, how we utilize it, what, you know, yes. is, is up to us. So. Yes. I love that. I, I really try and take optimal, if you know, time, use, use my time because never get it back. You can't buy, buy back time. You can't buy back years of life. You know, there's so many things that Looking back, I was like, oh, I should have done that. Mm-hmm. Or I should have, you know, never do I ever want to say that ever again. Mm-hmm. So No, I really, really feel that. And especially because, like I said earlier this week, I'm like, I need to do something about this because this is a little ridiculous on my phone. And I think that you are just reinforcing that. So thank you so much, Vinny, for being here today, for talking to me, for spending time with me. <laughs> uh, your story is incredible. I love it. I'm <laughs> just like, your your leather products are just fantastic. Um I'm just in awe of you and your talent and Amanda's talent. And I just can't wait to see what you guys do next. So thank you so much. Oh yeah. It's my pleasure. It's, it's, it's been great, but we'll end this and I'll ask you a question. Cause this is kind of something that I do at work. I'll, I'll ask guys questions. They're like, why you guys ask hard questions? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Bring it on. Yeah. How would you define respect? Ooh. Cause this is a word that we use a lot. Mm-hmm. 
but rarely do people define it. I would define respect as being aware of someone's boundaries and appreciating them and also appreciating that person, you know, for who they are, what ideas they might have, what they have to say. Uh, yeah, I think it, I think it kind of falls in line with appreciation. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. Awesome answer. I like it. I dig it. Okay. Well, now I want to know what yours is. All right. All right. Yeah. To me, respect is, it's more of everything, you know, uh, just taking care of your surroundings. Mm -hmm. If you're out on the streets throwing your cigarette butts on the ground, throwing your Whataburger cups on the ground, you know, littering, being ugly to people, that's not very respectful, you know. For sure. You know, and that same person who does that may go into work and, you know, and be the happiest person ever, you know, and be, you know, awesome. But it's 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 got to be constant all, all, exactly. all the time. It's not just around this person, around that person. It's it's a total whole respect as a whole, you know. You, and that's also respecting yourself as well, you know. You don't overcommit to things, don't Ooh, do things you don't yes. want to. Recognizing your own boundaries. Exactly. Ooh, I like that. Okay, you're making me like redefine my response now that we're talking about it. Because I was purely thinking interpersonal, but you're right. It, in it involves the environment and right. you know everything. And that's just a word that we see all the time. I mean, it's on social media all day, every day. <laughs> yeah. You know, but rarely, rarely do we ever define it ourselves for ourselves, really. You know, whoop. that's good. That's really good. And to anyone listening, I uh, implore you to consider what respect means to you. But I think, Vinny, you did an excellent job of reminding everybody what it means. Very good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. That was